Good morning. Aren't you grateful for air conditioning? <laughs> I don't feel it, but hey, I'm grateful for it. Well, it's, it's coming. It's coming. I heard that. So you're going to have to bear with it a little bit because I really want to get into God's Word here. And my purpose is to inspire us about how we view our weaknesses. What weaknesses? Yeah, right. Uh, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, Paul had major weaknesses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, I'm sorry, I'm going to skip to verse 7. Because it's hot. So I'm going to shorten this. Verse 7, Paul says, Therefore enable to keep me from being conceited. He's already confessing his first weakness. What's his first weakness that he says that he is? He struggles with pride. He struggles with conceit. And, of course, that was his life before Christianity. He was arrogant. He killed Christians. He had a terrible pedigree when he became a Christian. People were afraid of him and said, isn't that the guy that put us all to death? Because he would go from city to city rounding up Christians condemning them and having them put to death. I mean, he was right there approving of the death of Stephen. The first, as we call it, the first Christian martyr was Stephen. And he was right there. So he was a very prideful soul. And so he's confessing already that he struggled with conceit. But look at, how he, look at what he says there afterward. Because of this, I was given a thorn in my flesh. We don't know what that thorn is. We have no idea. But there was a purpose for it. A thorn in my flesh. I lost my place. Thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. Yeah, I can imagine. I would too. Three, I have. Three times, I know, three million. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We don't think that. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. We don't do that. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, not for his own, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is astonishing. How did Paul feel about his weaknesses? How do we feel about our weaknesses? No, not good. But Paul was boasting in them. He delighted in them. He took gladness in them. And he did have major weaknesses. Now, when we think of Paul, and I did this with the children's ministry teachers, and I said, let's talk about all the attributes of Paul as quickly as we can. And they named off all the amazing attributes. And you know what didn't come up? His weaknesses. And, of course, if we, you know, we, we sat down... Uh, for the men's service last two Tuesdays ago, because this coming Tuesday is men's service again, 
And we sat down and we did a project. Anthony had put together a project about our strengths, right, and talents. And he said, well, write down on this paper as many strengths and talents as you can think of. So write down all your talents. Write down all your talents on this piece of paper. So everybody was writing down talents. And then he he said, uh, does anybody need any more time? And one brother shouted out, no, I need more talents. Because when we think about ourselves, do we think about the talents? Do we think about the strengths? Do we think about how God's using us? Most typically, we think about how we're blowing it, what we're not, what we don't have. I need more talents. And so we condemn ourselves. And then we get into this position where it's sort of a downward spiral. And I've done this so often where, man, I'm just failing. And then that gets me into I'll never be able to do anything right. And then, oh, my goodness, I blew it again. And, you know, nothing's going to work right here. And then we just come out just so inspired. And that's what I've done so often. And that's what we all do, pretty much, unless you have so much pride that it just covers over everything. You can do, hey, I'm great. I can do this and I can do that. And, you know, and then God's not going to work through that either. Paul had major weaknesses. You know, pride. We learned from Philippians. We learned from Philippians that Paul really struggled with anxiety. We learned from Philippians that he struggled with courage. He said at one point, I hope, I hope that I'll have sufficient courage. Admitting that he struggled with courage. Paul worried, struggled with worry. He said at one point, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. We don't see Jesus struggling with his, per, his pressure for all the apostles. We don't see Jesus doing that except until the garden, which we understand and get that. But Paul's admitting he he worried. He struggled with that. You know, Paul was an amazing man. I mean, he was amazing. And so, no wonder he struggled with pride. But as a Christian, that all flipped. Rather than him boasting about all the things he had as a non-Christian Roman Jew, which was amazing... Because Jews were subject to Rome. They weren't Roman citizens. They were subject to Rome. But Paul came from the wealthy seaport city of Tarsus, which is pretty amazing. He probably was in a very wealthy, uh, affluent area. He had the best of teachers, Gamaliel. That must have cost a lot to be educated by Gamaliel. So it really boosted up his pride to have all these things. But as a Christian, then God turned all that upside down. And we learn that all that stuff was trash to him. He even says, all that's trash compared to Christ. I want Christ so much more. All the pedigree that I had in the past is worthless compared to Jesus. And so, but God had to keep him humble. And he had to admit he struggled with anxiety. He had to admit he struggled with worry. Even though Jesus said, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Paul even said that, right? He said, do not be anxious. And yet he struggled with anxiety. That's a weakness. 
Then we learn from 2 Corinthians about his ministry. He was heavily criticized for his weaknesses by people. He was criticized for being timid. He was criticized for being a weak public speaker. In fact, he admitted that he was untrained as a speaker. In fact, he even quotes his enemies saying this. This is a quote. Quote, this is what his enemies were saying about, or people were saying about Paul. His letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. That's what they said about Paul, and Paul admitted that this is what people were saying about him. And yet, he turned it around. He allowed God to turn it upside down. He said he's going to boast, rather than being down about his weaknesses, rather than saying, oh, I wish they weren't here, and I wish I didn't have them, and this is really bad, and I wish I were like him, and I wish I were like her, and I wish I had that strength, and I wish I had that strength. And he said, you know what? God is sufficient. In fact, I'm not going to complain about why you think this. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. I'm timid. I'm anxious. I worry. Yep, people even say I'm not a very good public speaker. And talk about needs to be a public speaker. Wouldn't you think that God would actually make him a good public speaker? Wouldn't you think that? Because he was publicly speaking, who knows, every day. And yet God says, no, you don't need that. I'm going to take that. In fact, I'm going to make sure people think you're not a good public speaker. Because I don't want them following you. And I don't want them being convinced by you. I actually want my words to convince them and not you. How would you feel if you were an apostle and your job was go convert the Gentile world and you couldn't even speak well? I'd say that's a pretty big weakness, wouldn't you? How are you feeling about your weaknesses? You know, it's hard to boast in them when you hate them. When you just keep criticizing yourself over and over. It's hard to boast in them when you just think you're not worthy. You're not worth it. You're not going to amount to anything. You know, hey, in person I'm unimpressive. Actually, in person my speaking amounts to nothing. That's hard. But you know what's really amazing is that it was God's choice to make you full of flaws. So that has to sink in a bit. So we're complaining about all our flaws and imperfections and weaknesses. And God is telling us, but I made you just the way you are. And so without knowing it, we're arguing with the creator of the universe how he made us. Isn't that right? That's the wrong guy to argue with. The weaknesses are there for a reason, for a purpose. The apostle Paul had weaknesses, right? We're not convinced. The apostle, let me just say it. Let me just say it. The apostle Paul had weaknesses, okay? The apostle Peter, St. Peter, the great Peter, 
Did he have weaknesses? Oh, yeah, we know about those. We just didn't know about Paul's. Yeah, yeah, we know about that. Sam Powell. Jim Brown. Major weaknesses. Who can I pick on? Kevin Brooks. Kevin Finity. Derek Clay. Valerie Williams. Kim Bremer. <laughs> Even an angel like James Dawson has weaknesses. How do you feel about your weaknesses? Maybe we're feeling like we've joined the club. Maybe we're already getting there. Maybe we're already getting there. Yeah, I have weaknesses. But then you quickly go back to, but I don't like them. But the point is, what Paul's trying to communicate to all of us is, rather than getting down on your weaknesses, rather than condemning yourself, rather than saying, I wish I weren't, or I wish I were, we need to then flip it upside down and say, thank God I lack that. That's hard to say. Thank God I lack courage. Thank God I lack humility. That's a really hard one. Because you're admitting you're prideful. And that's not good. God doesn't like that. But you can say, thank God, God works with my pride to make me humble, not because I am humble, but because He is humble and He makes me Humble. So thank God the only way I can be humble is through God. And then when we see God making us humble, we thank God that we are being humble because we can't. And then we get happy. When we see God working in our lives, when we see God molding us through His power, not through our power, but through His power, and, and turning us into something we're not, and we say, that's God. Oh, that's God. That's God. I mean, honestly, I, I, you know, this is really emotional for me to even talk about, um, so I'll try. For me, in August, September, I did not believe I would ever be able to get in front of a group and preach again the rest of my life. I thought, I can't be in the ministry. I can't do this. I'll never do it again. I'll never be able to do And then I'm like, but I love it. But I'll never be able to do what I love doing. And it was a really hard period because I went months like that months. And then all of a sudden, God starts flipping the switch. And all of a sudden, my clarity came back. And my thinking came back. And my reasoning came back. And my emotions started changing. Now, I wasn't who I was, thank God. 
I was something different. Thank God. Because I couldn't. But He could. I wasn't. But He is. And so, as I got humble, because that's extremely humbling, when you get humbled like that, and you know there's nothing you can do, and you know you're at the bottom, the only thing you can do is go to God. Say, God, I can't. But you can. I won't be humble. But you can make me more humble. I have weaknesses, but you will turn them into strengths. And that is Paul's secret. That is what Paul was. God let, Paul let God shine. This is a, this is a vase that's been put together. I know it's really hard to see. So this is a, a vase, an ancient vase that had been shattered from the first century. And they tried to glue it together as best as possible, but it's missing an awful lot of pieces. But somebody suggested putting a light inside to really emphasize the pieces that are missing, but still give you the impression of what the jar is supposed to look. And it's a big jar. So this is what an ancient clay jar looked like to carry water and things like that. But of course, if it's smashed, it's not good for anything. And so it's thrown out. And so they find these thrown out pieces and they put them together again like jigsaw puzzles. The beauty of this is that this is actually us. This is how we really are. And not because we're so bad and not because we've blown it so much and not because we're not. But it's because God has designed us this way. God has actually made us this way. And there's a reason for this. Because if we were perfect in and of ourselves... Could you use this as a light? Could you use this to illuminate a room? No, that would be covering the light. And Jesus said, don't do that. Instead, he said, uncover. In other words, allow the light to shine. And so what's beautiful is the more cracks, the more light of God. The more weaknesses, the more power of God. The more flaws, the more perfection of God. And when we allow God to glue us together, and that glue is so powerful, it actually is more powerful than the clay it's gluing together. When we allow God to do that, we glorify God and not ourselves. That is Paul's message. Should we cover up our cracks? Should we just try, try to pretend they don't exist? Paul didn't. Should we feel really bad we have so many and it's like, man, I'm not this and I'm not that and I wish I was and all that should-haves and all that? No. Instead, we need to be more like Paul and just boast in our weaknesses. Paul boasted not that he had cracks, but that God was shining through them. God's plan for us is to have us recognize the cracks and weaknesses. 
to allow God to shine through all of that. I'm so weak. Great. I'm so flawed. Excellent. God's going to use that if you let Him. I don't like when I see discouragement in my life because the Bible commands me to be courageous. Strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. I read that through Joshua and I'm like, oh man, that's just really tough. Because by nature, I am not strong and courageous. God tells me not to fear. So why do I? All the time. God tells me not to be insecure. So why am I? The only thing I can do with my weaknesses is view the pot and say, I have gaping holes in my life. But God is going to fill them in. God doesn't want us to be self-strong, flesh-strong. He wants us to be God-strong. The more cracks, the more of Him. I'm going to close out with a story. A water bearer in India had two large pots. Each pot hung on each end of a pole, which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it. The other pot was perfect. At the end of a long walk from the stream to the master's house, the perfect pot delivered a full portion of water, while the cracked pot arrived only half full. Every day for two years, the water bear walked from the stream to the master's house, only being able to deliver one and a half pots of water for his master. But of course, the perfect pot was proud of his accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfections and miserable that it, it was able to accomplish only half of what it was created to, to be. After two years of what it perceived to be bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I'm ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. Why, the bear asked. What are you ashamed of? Well, I've only been able for these past two years to deliver only half my load because of this crack in my side. It keeps causing water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. So because of my flaws, you have to do all of this work, and you don't get the full value from your efforts the pot explained. The water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot, and his companion, his companion said, Well, as we return to the master's house, I want you to notice something. Please take note of the beautiful flowers along the path. Indeed, as they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wild flowers on the side of the path. And this cheered it some. But in the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half its load. So again, it apologized to the bearer for its failure. The bearer said to the pot, Did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known about your flaw, and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds only on your side of the path. And every day, while I walked back from the stream... You've watered those seeds. So for two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful 
flowers to decorate my master's table. You see, without you being just the way you are, he would not have had this beauty to grace his house. On hearing this, the imperfect pot became happy. Because happiness comes from imperfections that are useful. The more we see God working in our life, through our imperfections, the happier we will be. So I want everybody to stand up for a minute. And you're probably going to have to put down whatever you're holding. We have one person already knowing what we're doing. She's figured it out. Okay, whoever's back there, hit it. Huh. Because I'm the happy